All right. Um, welcome everybody to the next episode of Infosec Whiskey. I'm your host, Ushi, and with me, um, I have Troy Hunt. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for agreeing to, to be on the podcast with me. Yeah, that's okay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So it's um, a little bit different to normal. <laughs> right? It, it definitely. So, you know, I'm super excited. Um, I, for, so when I first got into InfoSec, which was just like three, four years ago, um, I came from a law enforcement background and I did like uh, forensics. And when I got into um, like the InfoSec world, I realized there was this huge knowledge gap. And so my very first um, uh, experience with learning who you were was through Pluralsight and through your Pluralsight videos. And um, so you're actually probably one of the first people who taught me about, you know, IT security, um, you know, remotely. Right. So, it's, so it's super cool. And then, of course, um, you know, everybody knows about how have I been pwned and um, all the really cool things that, that you do. So I'm super excited to kind of talk to you. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for that. So for those, like, so we just, we were talking about this before we hit record. So it's, you're in Australia. And mm. it's like what fourteen hours difference, I think, between here and there. It's nine thirty well, in the sure morning. You are, there, so it's right? a bit hard to tell, but it's <laughs> it's nine thirty four in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> yes, and it is seven thirty four today <laughs> here. Let's let's call it fourteen hours. I think that's good. Yeah, that's great. So let's talk about before we get into like what we're actually going to talk about. Um, let's talk about the drink. What did, what did you bring? Well, you know, I, I promised you one thing and then I realized that it was really nice and that's why there was none of it left. Um, so <laughs> I found another one. I found another uh, Australian single malt. So it's Lime Burners. So Lime Burners is from, uh, from Western Australia, which is where we, we, like, we wouldn't normally have whiskey from there. We have a lot of Tasmanian whiskeys. And I've never been to Tasmania, actually. It might be one of the next places I go since I'm not going anywhere overseas for a long time. Right. But uh, I was going to have um, uh, Hellier's Road from down there and uh, none of that left, but there's, there's enough line burners to definitely get me through a 9.30 a.m. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I do actually want to have a productive day yet as well. So Yeah, you don't want to go through the day completely drunk? No, no, no. And I got a, a thing on tonight, which always ends up with a lot of wine too. So I, I, I need to actually um, have a break somewhere that's, today. But we'll, we'll give this great. a go, hey? Yeah. So, okay. So I brought... Um, I just recently was gifted um, from one of the listeners a, um, a American single malt. So it's called Stranahan's and um, it's from the Rocky Mountains in Colorado. And like my favorite thing about this bottle, the, 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 the whiskey's good, but like it, it gives you a metal um, shot glass that is oh, wow. screwed yeah. on the top. And that, isn't that just so like American, like here, we're going to give you some alcohol and the vessel to drink it in. Like, I just think that's awesome. It even says like one and two ounces on it. So I'm so going to keep that afterwards. Can we just mention maybe for, for people not seeing this and listening to that, that is the biggest freaking shot glass I've ever seen. Cause that it's, looks huge. It is huge. I mean, like, it's that's not a, a standard measure, right? No. Well, so it's, it's a two. So there's a, a one ounce here, which is about halfway up. And then there's a two ounce. And then there's like probably a good other half an ounce. So it's like two and a half ounces of. So I'm not sure what an ounce is, but it looks big. <laughs> oh, right. That's right. I don't know what it is in metric. 
Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm from the from the part of the world that is everywhere other than America that doesn't use ounces. <laughs> so right, exactly, I, I like, know. Look, let's call it, a, I don't know, like 100 mil or something like that. Oh, you know what? I think you're right. I think uh, I think two ounces is 100 mil. So that would be, yeah. So that's, that's about what, it, that's right. Fun. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to pour a little bit there. Oh, breakfast whiskey is good. I don't mind this. <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> like, well, that'll help ease into the day, right? <laughs> now I know why people put it in their coffee. That's so funny. Daddy's special medicine. <laughs> right? Yeah. Daddy juice. Oh my gosh. So how are you? How are things in the, um, you know, land of weirdness right now? Well, it's, uh, geez, it, it's, it's volatile. Um, so if you had have asked me a few weeks ago, I would have gone, Oh, look, Australia's just doing amazing. I mean, assuming we're talking COVID and everything, uh, yeah. you know, Australia did exceptionally well, I think partly by virtue of where we're a, a massive island in the middle of nowhere without a lot okay. of people and we're spread out and it's pretty easy to control borders because island. Right. Um, and then our state in particular, where I am, I'm in Queensland in, in Australia, has done exceedingly well. So there's, there's 5.1 million people in this state. Now this is a state twice the size of Texas as well, by the way. Nice. Uh, so 5.1 million people, we've had, uh, I think it's a total of six deaths from Corona. Oh, wow. uh, up until today, we only had about, I think, two active cases. So imagine that, like having two active wow. cases among 5.1 million people with borders, uh, even interstate, either closed or very tightly restricted now. So it's, it's been kind of odd where like I'd, I'd just go down to the beach and I'd have my camera out and I'd like, hey, look at the beach. And there'd be these people jumping on, on the Twitter going, why aren't you all wearing masks? Because uh, no one's sick. <laughs> you know, like there's that. And then, um, you know, the, the other states in Australia haven't been doing too bad. But our southernmost uh, state on, on the mainland, Victoria, just a few weeks ago, just started spiking. It just, oh. and it just, it suddenly just went kind of out of control. And, you know, now we're in this situation where, look, still by, say, by Florida standards, for example, it's doing exceptionally well, but there's now uh, several thousand active cases in this one state. And there's just all these clusters popping up. And, and of course, uh, the, the death rate is following as well. They had their the news headline today is they had their deadliest day yesterday because uh, I think seven people died in one day, which, oh, which wow. is, all right, it's nothing compared to a lot of the world, but it is a record for here. Right. So then that's creeping a little bit into the state above them, uh, uh, which is the one below us. And it really hasn't changed here in our state yet, but everyone's kind of like, uh, what's going on? But yeah, for the most part, we're just doing exceedingly well where we are here. And we're just hoping that, that Australia kind of settles down a little bit. And then, and then God knows for the longer term, right? Yeah, most definitely. I think we're, it's, it's, it's so crazy to me. Like, I don't really go out much. I, I um, currently live uh, in Northern Virginia, just south of uh, DC. And, you know, so we had super high cases and they shut everything down. And, um, and it's just crazy to me. Like, the only time I really go out is um, to daycare. My son goes to daycare so I can work during the day because um, he's two and uh, and a handful. So, um, mm. and you know, like the daycares are completely revamped to the way they do it, everything. And it's, it's, you know, good for us, but like, it's just crazy to me to drive down the street and just everybody has masks on. And um, if you go to the grocery store, you know, it's just such a, it's such a weird time to be living because, you know, we're not used to 
you know, wherever you go, somebody's, you know, everybody's completely masked up, gloved up, you know, so it's, it's definitely crazy. And then you, when you add in the extra, um, you know, like working from home or not working, like there's so many people that their, their lives have just been completely disrupted mm. because of it. It's crazy. It's um, that the mask thing here is, is odd. Like you do see people wearing masks, but I would say it is, is maybe 5%. And I've worn a mask once. And that, that one time was I went to the Apple store in one of the local shopping centers. And, you know, yeah. it'd be like, okay, 5% of people in the shopping center wearing a mask. The Apple store, you're not allowed in unless they take your temperature and put a mask on. Yes. And I, I sort of had this, this image of this is so much Apple brand, isn't it? You know, it's like, we will do everything exactly the same all over the world, no matter what. And everyone will comply to this same thing. Right. And even the people in the store, you can just sort of tell, they're like, what, what are we doing? Come on. Oh, so, that's funny. We do have it. Uh, we do have it very, very lucky. I'm really conscious of how fortunate we are. But it's, I, I think it's very interesting as well to see that there's a lot of people that are really suffering from it. That, that's obvious. It, it's yeah. interesting to see businesses I didn't expect doing really well out of it. So I was talking to a friend a couple of days ago. Uh, he has a company that sells mattresses, and he's like, "We're doing so much business because everyone's home all the time now, and they realise that their mattress is crap, and they've got to get a new one, and and their business is going gangbusters." The, um, there's a guy that comes and, and cleans the pool here once a month and, and I have a bit of a chat to him each time. And I'm like, you know, how's it all going? He's like, we're doing so much work because everyone's at home in the pool the whole time. So we right. have to keep going and, you know, right. doing maintenance on the pool. So it's, it's really, really interesting the way it's, it's just kind of like redistributed the work and the wealth and, and things like this. And it's, it's tough on others, but it's fantastic on others. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I know, I, you're home all day. So like, what do you have to do? Like, let me get on Amazon. Like they're still shipping stuff, you know? And oh, yeah. if you don't want to go out to the grocery store, like I, um, we have, I use a service that delivers my groceries and I use them before COVID just because taking a two year old to the grocery store sometimes is really trying. And so, um, <laughs> I thought that's, I remember that's that. <laughs> yeah, that's a luxury that I, that I partake in. Um, but yeah. And when COVID hit, I think the, the amount of people that they had working for them were so low. And um, luckily it seems like that, you know, like you said, it's redistribute, redistrib I can't even speak. Um, when you have people losing jobs, there are other areas that jobs are becoming available, you know? Mm. So if, if you are able to look out and find those, I think, but what's, what I, what's interesting is, and how this kind of, comes into what I wanted to talk to you about, which isn't necessarily, um, you know, InfoSec related, but I think it is in what we're dealing with. But like, you know, I, I had, I had come across your blog post about maintaining, um, maintaining performance. your performance, you yeah. know, during times of extreme stress. And I, I like that you said extreme stress, because I think that for most people right now, this is probably the craziest thing that they've, you know, dealt with. And um, if you're like, you know, a bunch of us, you have other things compounding that. And um, stress management is something that is close to my heart. I, when I worked at the police department, I actually um, 
led our stress management team. And um, I think it's so important that people just need to understand kind of how stress works and how they can deal with it. And especially, you know, during these times when we're having to work from home and figure things out and, um, you know, it's so stressful. And I think some people who may have never dealt with the level of extreme stress um, are like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going on. Like, am I crazy? Like, what, what's, mm. what do I do and how do I deal with it? And, and I thought your blog was so insightful. Um, do you mind just kind of like recapping it for those who may not have read it? Yeah, let me, uh, let me open up my web browser and remember what I said. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for, for I, those I, who want to see it, like it's, it is your pinned tweet on Twitter. I was just going to say that. Yeah, I made and, it easy. I just pinned it. Yeah. And you can, and I did, um, I've read it actually a couple of times. The first time I read it, um, I was just kind of, I was blown away. We have a lot of similarities. And um, right before COVID started, I moved to DC from Florida and with a two-year-old alone, I have no family or anything here. I ended up having one friend um, in the area and, uh, you know, I just, and did a, a marriage and so like all the stress like you and I ha actually had a bunch of different things and that were in common and one of the guys that I work with he was like wow you have like all those tick marks on like the stressor scale and mm. new job moving you know ending a relationship and I thought mm. oh my gosh you're right like that's what this weird feeling is that I have going on. And I think that a lot of people probably don't realize, you know, sometimes if you've never dealt with a lot of stress and you've never had anxiety about anything, like, and all of a sudden COVID hits and you have all these things going on in your life, you may not realize exactly what it is. Mm. <sighs> just wondering where to start. I think we just got to start <laughs> with the whiskey. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> So in, in answer to the question about what was it about the blog post, um, for me, it was compounding factors. And, and ironically, COVID has, has actually, and this sounds super selfish to say, but COVID's actually been really good for me for reasons I'll, I'll come back to. But the, the compounding stresses for me all kind of date back to early last year. And there was sort of one, one stream of stress that everyone was very aware of publicly and another stream of stress I didn't talk about until this blog post on the 2nd of July. And the, the, the very public one was, I was just under a, a huge amount of stress running, have I been pwned? And it, it's very, very difficult to articulate it. And it's also very difficult to articulate it without sounding self-ingratiating too. But it, the thing had just become so popular and there was so much demand and it really, really escalated in January 2019 when I loaded this collection one uh, credential stuff in those 730 million something uh, email addresses. I was just getting absolutely bombarded by reporters and people asking questions and organizations wanting access to data and governments and law enforcement. And it's just, and it was all good, right? Like it was all, this thing is amazing. It's going great. Right. You know, like we want to talk to you about things, which was fantastic. But it, it also happened at a time where I was, I'd, I'd gone away. I'd taken my son over to Europe to have a bit of downtime and I just wanted downtime. And I, stupidly loaded this data reach just before getting on the plane oh, no. and it just went absolutely nuts and and it just it it, it started to really grind on me in, in a number of different ways it'd be things like uh, you know I'm, I'm on on the chairlift 
trying to go skiing and snowboarding and I can't put my phone down. You know, I can't tune out. Um, I'll get back to the, to the cabin afterwards and it has 200 emails uh, and I, I feel compelled, not necessarily to answer all of them, but to process, you know, even deleting, yeah. it's still processing. So I've got to think about it, take my mind away from something Absolutely. else. And then everyone wanting a piece of me, and this is the bit where I'm not trying to, I'll try not to sound too much like a dick. It's like, everyone's like, this is so amazing. Come on our TV show or do a, do a thing. And it's, it's like a, it, giving it a lot of thought since then. And, and you think about some really, really high profile people that have committed suicide. Let's say Robin Williams or Philip Seymour Hoffman. And you go, look at these people. Right. Their lives are amazing. Everything's so great. And they're so popular. Right. What, what is it that caused them to ultimately take their own life? And I've never, I don't think I've ever been depressed. I certainly never felt suicidal, but I, I can sort of see how the, the, the pressure of success kind of plays on people in a, in a way that would be very, very hard to understand. Absolutely. Uh, I remember reading about Notch, the guy who created Minecraft and sold it to Microsoft for like $2 billion. You know, you look at that and go, oh, $2 billion buy a lot of happiness. Right. <laughs> but, and, and I think he did buy a lot of happiness, but he still obviously had big underlying issues. So I was finding that really difficult and I decided to go through this, this M&A merger and acquisition process to find a new home for it, which in, in my mind was, I don't want to say exit strategy because I still wanted to be with Have I Been Pwned, but it was the exit strategy from me being the sole responsible person and you know, trying to get a more sustainable, uh, I guess, future for it. And that was... I mean, that was just, I, I want to make a movie out of this or something. That was so bizarre, like traveling around the world, going, meeting these companies, particularly the San Francisco meetings as well. We'd just be going from like big tech company to big tech company. And he's like this 30 year old billionaire co-founder who wants to buy, have I been paying for a gazillion dollars and take it to the moon. And all. I'd walk out of there with the, the M&A folks from KPMG and we'd just be like, what the hell just happened? It's like, we just walked out of a Silicon Valley episode. <laughs> this is so right? weird. That's so funny. I, that's exactly what I was thinking when you were saying it. But it, it was, there's, there's this one company who, um, like we went in there, like multi-billion dollar company and they, they, they give us show bags with t-shirts and things in it. You got swag. And it was like swag. And the, and the funny thing for the KPMG guys as well, um, because they're, they're bankers and they're M&A people and everything, lovely blokes from just up the road here who have become good friends with since as well, they'd be like, why does everyone want to take selfies with you, Troy? Like, what the hell is this about? So, don't you know? <laughs> but it's so weird. It's so, so weird. And, um, but, but the thing is, you, like, you'd have that, that, that sort of euphoria uh, from that experience and then, and then I'd just be swamped in paperwork and still trying to run the thing. And then I'd be jet lagged. And as I wrote in the blog post here, like my bags got lost at one point and I missed, or almost missed flights and just, and it's this, it's the cycle. This is the thing that gets me and including with the other stressful thing I'm talking about at the moment, it's the ups and downs. And it's the fact mm -hmm. that it's very hard to find equilibrium. And, and to me, I think that's a lot of what stress is because you just don't know what is going to happen next. It's just yes. unpredictable. So all of that kind of went through until, um, until when was it Jan Feb this year and then the, the whole thing fell apart for reasons I've explained in, in various blog posts right uh, no fault of my own um, honestly it was just the organization having a that was going to buy it had a fundamental change of business and that that sort of killed that and I got to the end of it and went great like those waves those cycles have gone but then the the other bit is going to need more whiskey um yeah, the other bit they hadn't spoken about until that blog post was going through a relationship breakdown as well uh, with my, with my uh, wife at the time. And 
they they were different factors, and it's obviously not something to get into detail on. It, it wasn't necessarily that the stress of the job was causing the relationship thing. There were many other factors that dated back a long time. Right. But that was happening in parallel, and there was this one side which I had to deal with publicly and maintain that, and there was this other side that I wanted to keep private until it was far enough down the road. Right. A bunch of people figured it out anyway. It's pretty obvious when you're not wearing a wedding ring <laughs> right. suddenly. Um, and that was happening at the same time. And that also has these big ups and downs and waves where one moment your communication is good and it's like, all right, this is going well. And then the next moment it's in the toilet and you just don't know what to expect when. And then the waves don't always line up. It's not like the one stressful thing over here is good when it's good there and good when it's good there. Or, right. or they don't cancel each other out. So you right. have some sort of like, you know, macro equilibrium Reprieve. either. Right. Uh, and really the, the point of the blog post was 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 to sort of say these were the things that I was doing to try and frankly keep my sanity. And, and I did also want to post it during the COVID time as well, because as you mentioned, as we led into this, I was really conscious that, that other people were having the worst time of their lives at yes. the moment. Now, inevitably for different reasons, some of them for some similar reasons, quite frankly. Yeah. But yeah, th these things that I then went through in the blog post about how I dealt with it, everything from you know, friendships to exercise and things like this, um, were a big part of, of my process. And I, I hope that other people take something out of it as well. And that the feedback's actually been really amazing. Well, and I think that we forget sometimes that we're not alone in our stresses. And I think we forget sometimes that our stresses, oh, this is my sound got weird. Um, I think we forget sometimes that our stresses, that other people experience the same things, right? Like um, mm. relationships and, even from other parts of the world, we still have similar type of stresses that come into our lives. And, and I think, um, I think that's like really important for people to understand is that, you know, there are other people experiencing the same thing. And when you share your story, um, like that, it helps other people go, it's not just me. And then when someone like you is able to say, and here's what I did, um, you know, it may not work for everybody, but like it might, you might find one little tidbit that goes that you go, okay, I can, I can grasp onto that. And I can, I can, you know, I can take that. Um, one thing I wanted to mention um, that you talked about kind of those, those highs and lows of the stress. And there's something that I learned um, when I was a uh, couple of things, I have a, an undergrad in psychology and then I also did a lot of stress management training. And one of the things I thought was really interesting that I learned is that, um, and at the time I was, um, a detective at a police department. So most of my research was centered in on kind of that first responder stress of, you know, cops, firefighters, paramedics, um, uh, like emergency services type of people. But what's interesting is like when we, when we have a ton of highs and lows, our body doesn't know how to react to that. So even just, it, it's not even necessarily like when we go through like physical stresses of our body of like, you know, and it can be from like your end of things, like it can be travel, it can be dealing with these people and it can be just all these things that maybe are really good. Like some of it, it's really good for you. And it's, it's, it's a, you know, a good stress if that's, you know, 
if that makes sense. But um, what, what ends up happening is our, our body never gets back to an equilibrium when we're going through a bunch of highs and lows at one time. And what ends up happening is that if we're like super, super stressed for a while, um, whether it is emotional stress, whether it is just like super high adrenaline, um, and we do that for a while, when we finally get out of that stressful environment, our body will actually drop into a depressive state. And it's not like a, um, it's not an emotional depression. It's a, it's a physical depression. And as we, you know, our body starts to kind of make its way back up to the equilibrium. And then all of a sudden, like we're, we're back into stress stressors because we went back to work mm. or, you know, we're dealing with a relationship or whatever those stressors are. So what ends up happening is our body gets like so out of whack because we can't get to that equilibrium state, like you mentioned. And, um, and people don't understand that, like when it's, when it's sustained like that, um, it just, it kind of, it throws us, you know, completely out of balance and people don't know what to expect. They don't know, like, oh, well, that's why I'm having, you know, these weird physical, you know, manifestations, whether it's unable to sleep or eat or, you know, whatever it, it may be. So I think it's interesting that it's, it's interesting, although it's, it's hard, like, right, like people were dealing with this. And, and I think that became even more prevalent now with COVID and all of the restrictions that are placed on people. And it's not just about, mm. I can't go out and I can't go to work. Like, um, like you mentioned, you know, um, COVID being a, a good thing in some ways, like, I found I, I enjoy working from home. I worked, I worked remote um, half time before COVID. And then we just went fully remote, you know, obviously during COVID and for the foreseeable future. And I was lucky because, you know, I had a, a, a little one and, um, and that was super stressful just trying to deal with, cause my, I have a two-year-old who <clears throat> defies all other two-year-olds. He will climb everything and he's super active and he, I, I joke that he tries to climb himself to his death on a daily basis um, and trying to work and wrangle that was was very very stressful but um i think people are realizing like even just going to the grocery store you know and if you're somebody who's concerned about germs like holy shit like that's that's a whole nother <laughs> level of going outside especially here like i'm so happy to hear that there are places in the world who aren't you know as shut down as, as we are in some of these areas. Like, so it makes me happy to hear that, that you guys are able to, for the most part, like it's, it's, um, it's disappointing that it's, the, the cases are on the rise, but I'm glad that, it, that, you know, you guys are able to keep it somewhat, you know, contained within the, the walls of your shores. I would imagine on the, on the COVID stress side as well, for, for a lot of people, when we're sort of talking about, you know, not having equilibrium or consistency, that really rocks the boat a lot. Um, that, that would have changed a lot of, a lot of norms for people, whether they be professional norms or social norms, or, or even just the way they manage the kids is, is really different. And yeah. uh, I, I think to sort of correlate it back to things, particularly like relationship breakdowns, it's, you don't have a timeline, right? It's like, you can't sort of look at it and go, Oh, this will be the day when that's over. I got okay, no idea have, yeah. when frankly, either of these things is going to be what I'd classify yeah. as over. You don't have a light uh, at the end of the tunnel. No, it's, it's like everything is just 
I mean, COVID for the most part, I guess we're sort of passengers on anyway, right? Like we just do what we can and then yeah. we'll be, we'll be. We're just here. Uh, but it's just very hard to sort of say, yeah. So for example, at, at the moment, I, you know, there's no way in the world I'm going to be able to go overseas this year. I honestly don't see myself going overseas in the, in the next year, uh, in the next 12 months at least. Um, I, I don't know. Now for, for many people, that would be really disconcerting as well. I, th I think to sort of come back to the point where I said it's a bit selfish of me to, to sort of say, um, you know, it's been good for me. I've, I've slept in the same bed since the 15th of Jan. So no, 15th of Feb. So I'm, I'm going to be, yeah, before too long, it'll be six months <laughs> sleeping in the same bed yeah. every single night. I, <laughs> I have a relationship with so many neighbors now <laughs> that I never did before because right. now every day I'm just out like walking around, you know, saying hello to people. It's actually really nice. In fact, that's my thing tonight. I've got to go and drink wine with the next door neighbor, which, nice. uh, which is always a big night. Um, but you know, it's like, this has been lovely. We're in a, a part of the world where we have 300 days of sunshine. Today is an exception because it is bucketing down rain, <laughs> but normally we have 300 days of sunshine. So we can be out the whole time or down at the beach or something like that. So for me, that's actually gotten the consistency that I needed and, and particularly going through this relationship process as well to, to not ever be away uh, is, has been enormously valuable in terms of you know, schedule with the kids and things like that. I've got a, an eight-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son. So having yeah, absolute consistency there and no variables whatsoever with travel have been yeah. wonderful. Uh, and, and that's only because of, of COVID. I'm sure I would have scaled it back anyway. That was the intention, but there's still, that would have then left me in the position where it's like, oh, look, there's this really, really cool event. Uh, and I just need to go away for a week. And then it crosses over the time the kids are meant to be here. And, right. you know, that would be messy too. So it's, yeah, I, I don't want COVID, but it has been, been good for me in that way. Well, and I think too, I feel like I, I keep hearing that um, you're kind of finding the light in the dark. Um, you know, like when shit happens, I always find it help, most helpful for me to think, well, you know what, like, yeah, it's, it's hard every day, but I got so much more time with my son than I would have normally. Before COVID, I was stressing because I would drop him off at daycare, I would bring him home, we would have an hour together at the beginning and end of the days, and then, you know, that was it because he goes to bed early. So mm. um, I think that, and I remember like rocking him, you know, to sleep for his naps, and, and I would think, and I would think to myself, like, you're not gonna get this, like this is, yeah. you know, COVID, COVID is allowing you to rock him to his nap. And, and it, I feel like it for me, and you mentioned in your blog post, leaning on friends, and that's something that was always very difficult for me to lean on people around me. And, and I found that people were so supportive, but I didn't want to, I didn't know how to lean on people. And during all of this, not just COVID, but just like this, you know, all of the compounding stress things, um, I found that sometimes you have to just kind of swallow that and allow other people to be there for you and to help you kind of find that joy in your life when, when things are like just super, super stressful. But I feel like listening to you um, is very similar to how I think some days, which is like, but look at all this good stuff that's come from it. And I feel very fortunate because there's lots of people who um, are without a job and they aren't able to go into their mm. work. And so their, their life is, their stress is so much more during COVID than I am. I'm lucky, right? My, my job lets me work from home. Um, 
they understand if I have to spend time with him um, and they go, yeah, that's fine. Work when you need to work. Like is, you know, and so I'm super blessed and I know that I'm very fortunate um, and, and that there are people that are not. So I, I yeah. feel like we're both looking at the, at the brighter side of our situations to say, well, at least we have this and at least we're able to do, you know, whatever. And I hope that more people, think that like you know when it's when it's the darkest time try and find some of those those good positive things that you can pull out of it so the the, the friend thing i think is particularly interesting for the, a couple of things that you mentioned i think are really really interesting so the on the friend thing um the surrounding yourself with positivity makes a huge difference and one yeah. of the one of the things that choose my words carefully. <laughs> One of the things that was dawning on me uh, over the last couple of years is that if you're around negative people, that negative negativity sort of, it, it feeds into you, right? And yes. you become that way as well. And then you become, you, you sort of get yourself and, and look, some people for all sorts of reasons are just going to be negative people. You surround mm-hmm. yourself with positive people. And these can be people who are not having a good time of it in life at all, but they're the right mindset so i got a good mate who when i breakfast with yesterday who lives here and he is was a Qantas flight attendant for for on part-time and runs a restaurant all right no one's flying anymore so that's gone and, and nobody's going out to eat as much massively dropped but he is the most positive person in the world and he's really and I, I literally mean that I challenge you, uh, but he has literally turned this thing around to the point where he's, he, he's like, look, mate, I like, I go down the beach and I do half an hour of yoga every single morning and at, you know, six thirty or something. And this, this resets me I'm like, okay, good on you, mate. I don't have the patience for that, but it works for you. Uh, <laughs> and then he goes out and he does just super positive things. And he's, he's just found ways of dealing with this that have, yeah, he's adjusted the business. He's reinvented a whole bunch of things he does. He's gotten new, new engagements, but because he's got that mindset, he's jumped into all these other things. And that, that rubs off on me and that there's no one who doesn't spend time with this guy and come away feeling super happy. So, so that was part of it. And then the other thing you said earlier on, which I think was really interesting was around other people realizing they're going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it was like for you with the, the relationship breakdown thing, but for, for me, particularly early on, there was very much, I think I almost had like an emotional stigma where it's like, well, hang on a moment. This isn't meant to happen. Like what the hell is, is going on? Um, right. you know, yes. Marriage is meant to be like this, this one-way street. And then it's it's just fascinating that it, it feels, I'm sure it's not quite every second person. It's probably uh, every person out of every three, <laughs> statistically, that I speak to is going through a similar sort of thing. Yeah. And in many cases, you know, in, in much, much worse ways or worse circumstances as well. And you don't sort of realize that until you, until you spend time with people. Uh, and of course, you've got to be cautious there as well. One of the things that that I've been really conscious of. It's very easy to surround yourself with people going through similar experiences. And then you sit there and you bitch and whinge about it with each mm-hmm. other and you just bring each other down. So it's I think the negativity it's sort of like the thing previous... that you said. Yeah. Well, and in fact, one of the, uh, I think I was listening to a podcast on this at one point and someone was saying, and it was more, more directed at, at the, the woman in the, in the relationship, but they said, you know, don't, don't go and join the bitter ex-wives club because mm-hmm. if, if you do that, then you'll all sit there and you'll all be bitter together and the whole thing will just go downhill. So yeah, I've been been really really conscious about that as well. But I, I think just talking to people and seeing that that your experiences are not unique and yes. you are in the same boat 
as so yes. many other people. Isn't it uh, funny? In many cases, you... sorry, sorry. Go no, go ahead. I was just going to say, in many cases, you're like, you're in that same boat, but your boat is in much better shape <laughs> than right. their boat as well. Well, and I think too, again, I think, you know, your boat's not always better, but if you're thankful for what you have and that like, you know, it keeps out water, like I'm still trucking along. I, I think mm. that's important too, but you're right. I think um, it's funny. I didn't think about that when you, before, until you said it, but like, I definitely, avoided any of the negative talk. So like I would have friends and family who would be like, Oh, what happened? And, and I would just say it didn't work out. And like, that's where we're going to leave it. Um, because I don't want number one, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm not going to say positive things, right? Like I can't be like, Oh, well things didn't work out because we were just both really amazing human beings. Like it didn't work out. Right. Like there's no way. So I don't want to be negative and I don't want people to, I don't, I wasn't looking for anyone to get on my side and be like, Oh yeah, you're right. Like, no, it's not like that. Like I would rather just be happy and not, not indulge in that negativity because like I, I truly believe that negativity is an energy that is much more powerful than positivity in that it can drain you and pull you down much quicker. Sometimes it takes, it takes a ton more positivity to bring you and pull you out of that. And so I try to always focus on just being a positive person because being negative just you know, plain sucks. But um, I think it's important that people know that they're not alone. Know that like when you really need somebody to you lean on, you know, that you, you can, like, I always, I, I never wanted to like, you know, complain to people because I thought like, yeah, it is what it is, right? Like, you know, my situation, you know, it, it's, you know, it's hard, whatever, but um, that's it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to like go down that, that negative road. So it's just kind of nice knowing that number one, you're not the only one, right? Like I, I shared this, um, this meme I think it was yesterday. It was about kids and it was, and there was, a, it was like, the um, stages of toddler and one of them was um was demand food and then watch mom lose her shit and i was like other moms lose their shit i'm not the only one like i thought i was this horrible person when i was like stop it and so i think just knowing that like you're not the only one you're not alone there are other people dealing with it and those people are functioning and they're they're good good people and you know it makes you go okay i can get through this then so I, I think I, it's um, there's if if you have the, the the like the mental opportunity to start, take a step back and look at stuff pragmatically, which is really hard to do when you're stressed and emotional. When you're but, in the middle of it, it's hard. Yeah, when you're in the middle of it. But the, the times I've done that, and I've sort of gone, is it is it unusual? Is it even wrong to say uh, you meet someone when you're twenty-ish, when you're forty-ish? your life is really different and the things really that, that might've been there in common that were, were the, were the bond change. It, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that, that one person's wrong. It doesn't mean that you know, you've done anything wrong. It just, it's like, yeah, well, 20 years, a lot can change 20 years. Yeah. So, you know, is it any wonder? And then I can sort of pragmatically rationalize things like that. But again, it's just super hard to do when it's a very emotional thing. And, you know, to, to the point about always being positive as well, it's, I think there's also an argument of that there are times where you, you need to, 
to vent a little bit as well. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things that, that I, I wouldn't be able to just sort of sit here and go, I'm just going to internalize all this and, and just try and work it out in my own brain. Right. One, one of the things that has been really, really useful for me is whether it's been with professionals, uh, counselor, lawyer, accountant, <laughs> right. those guys have done well out of me the last 13 months, uh, <laughs> Or whether it's been with my parents or my friends or anything like that, being able to talk through some of these problems and some of them are very negative and there's, there's a bunch of bitterness around those. Right. So I also don't feel the need to internalize all of that. I think that the trick is, and what I'm really trying to do better with is not letting that define life because it's very easy for everything that you do in life to suddenly always just come back to this one topic. So I've, I've sort of tried to find more things that, that forced me to switch it off. So I like going wakeboarding. There's a, there's a wakeboarding park not too nice. far from me. And I find when I go wakeboarding, it's like I can turn all the other stuff off and I can concentrate on that one thing. Yeah. Uh, and the other things don't bother me. It's not a lot I can do with that. I love playing tennis, but I can play tennis for about an hour and a half. And then I start looking around going, oh, what about that other thing over there? You know, what about the thing that's going on at home? Right. But having stuff that forces me to focus, I yes. find is really useful. Yeah, for me, actually, it's painting. Um, I find that when I'm super focused, it turns my brain off to the other things. And I'm able to just kind of focus in on on what it is that I'm doing and enjoying the, the kind of the peacefulness of it. Um, and I'm sure like a lot of people in tech, especially know what it's like to just have your brain constantly going and constantly yeah. thinking about the next thing and what I have to do and all these things. And it's it's funny because that's actually one of the um, one of the things in in stress management that um, they teach you, which is you know you have to find things to do that are productive and not destructive mm. um, because there's lots of ways and it's ironic right that we're talking about this while we're drinking but um, <laughs> you know because that is definitely one of the things that you know you it's funny it was funny to me. Um, anytime that I, I did uh, critical incident stress management, which means um, like if there was a critical incident, something big that happened um, that would overwhelm the first responders responding to it, um, I would go and do debrief, debriefs with them. And it was simply just like, this is what stress is, acute stress, and this is how what you might you know experience, and this is how you deal with it. And, um, and I would always use that actually to talk about chronic stress as well. But mm-hmm. what, I, what I think is interesting is that how do you deal with stress? The experts tell us to do the things that your mom told you growing up, right? Like eat well, <laughs> exercise, um, you know, don't overdo anything, right? And like, because alcohol is a stressor on your body. So like, it's super easy um, to fall down that path for some people. And um, so I think it's, I, I love that you've mentioned wakeboarding because like, when you find that hobby that you like to do, as long as it's not finding the end of a bottle every night, like that's like mm-hmm. productive and that helps to um, you. Cause you need that, that you need that reprieve from all the stressors in your life. And it is different for every person, you know, whatever it is that you use as that, that break. So I love that you mentioned that. Yeah, One of the questions just- I got on Twitter actually, um, you know, I ask people all the time, like, what do you want to hear from people? And they never respond. But I did get one good question, which was, how's the surf? <laughs> Somebody wanted to know how the surf was, was there. Uh, well, the, the suburb I live in is called Surfers Paradise. So that's probably a hint, uh, nice. <laughs> which is good. 
Yeah, look, it's 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 normally great. So one of my um, I, I like this because we switched to very positive things now. Uh, yeah, I I liked going out to the wakeboard park, but I've uh, where I live here is is on the water. So uh, fun what is fact, a wakeboard park? So a wakeboard park is it's like a big lake, and they have uh, cables which run around the lake, and you okay. sort of start on and you jump in, and then it just takes you around the park, and then there's like jumps and rails and things like that. Okay. Um, and you basically go around until you run out of energy or you fall off or whatever. Uh, so it's the same sort of thing you do behind a boat, but you're just doing it in a park. Yeah. Um, we have those here too. I mean, they're all over the world. They're, yeah. they're, they're a popular thing. Yeah. So the, yeah, the fun fact about the, the city I live in here, so the city is called the Gold Coast and the suburb is Surface Paradise. Um, and then the, the thing about the Gold Coast is that we have got more canals than Venice and Amsterdam combined. So we've got water everywhere. Yeah. That's and there's, awesome. there's sort of a, a river and there's a lot of natural water. And then we've got all these canals that are being carved out of it. So if anyone goes to Google Maps and looks at Gold Coast and you just look at like the, the satellite view, you just see fingers of water everywhere. So there must be, I'd love to find out, 10,000, tens of thousands of houses on the water. So we live on the water. Very cool. And I, I have a, a jet ski that parks under the house in a boat shed. And then a boat sort of dry docked uh, on the water. And there's a little button that puts it down in the water. And that, Very that's nice. a, um, a wakeboarding boat so it's one that you can fill with ballast and you can create standing waves so we can sort of go out there and create the standing wave behind the boat so in answer to the question cool. how the waves are it's like well that's when you're making them the <laughs> they're as good <laughs> as make i make them wave. i love it which is really really nice uh, and and the, the great thing about here and i reckon it's probably one of the best places to be stressed actually because it is a very very lifestyle oriented place and a little bit like Florida, people move here because the weather's warmer. Uh, a little bit like Florida, there's, there's probably an older population too because a lot of people retire, but a lot of younger people as well. And so much of it is about being outdoors, having fun. So it's, awesome. you know, like I can go out, uh, particularly during summer, I can go out at five o'clock in the morning and the sun will be coming up and there'll be a heap of people out walking their dogs. There'll be cafes and restaurants and things open, you know, at, at five, 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. And people are out there just enjoying the environment. Uh, and the, the, the other thing that, that really gets me here is, and I moved here, well, I'd, I've lived here on and off for 25 years. I was, in, I was stuck in Sydney for a long time. And the thing that got me there is people are in cities like Sydney because they, usually because they have to be. You know, no one looks at it and goes, yeah, I'd really like to live in the middle of a great big, you know, crazy busy city with crazy expensive prices and everything. People are here because they want to be here. And the, the thing I notice here is that regardless of, your financial position in life like people here are happy you know most people who live in a house have a swimming pool uh, most people do live in a house because they're not ridiculously expensive and everyone is here just enjoying life and that that just rubs off in all sorts of ways even in the traffic like the traffic is that much more relaxed <laughs> compared yeah. to in a big city so that I, grew up, I grew up on the beach and it was the same exact environment people were just chill on the beach. It rubs you, off on you, right? You could actually, you could tell. So my family, my, my parents stayed on beachside and I moved to the mainland cause it was a little bit cheaper, but, um, cause it was, um, I grew up, um, like near Cocoa beach. And so, um, it's, I only mention it because, um, there's a, a bunch of surfers that came from, from Cocoa beach, but, um, so near, where is that in, in the U S just so I understand So Florida, um, okay. it's central, central Florida. Um, like we're NASA where, where the shuttle used to go off and yeah. where like SpaceX like and all that stuff. Cape goes Canaveral off. sort of. Yep. Yep. So Cape Canaveral yeah. is like, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes North of Cocoa beach. 
Um, yeah, it's super, yeah, super close. But yeah, so like when you would go over the bridge onto the barrier island that, that was on the outside there, um, <laughs> there, you could just almost feel the chill vibe that would, that nobody cares. Like where I lived, it was, it was more populated and people were just always irritated. And like it, yeah, it just, I I think being, I don't know, maybe it's water, like being near the water (laughs) is just so, it's so relaxing. Right. That's Mm. yeah. So I, you know, we're, we're starting to, to get close to our hour. Um, I don't really, I had a couple of questions. Like I wanted to ask you about Have I Been Pwned. Um, it's funny because I didn't, when I, I was, I was um, aware of Have I Been Pwned and aware of you, but I didn't know the connection for like a good several months. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, like I know who he is. I watch him on Plural Site. And um, right. <laughs> so I thought it was really cool. And, uh, you know, like when I worked in, in the sock, like they would pull stuff from your site all the time. And, mm. um, and, and that's super cool. So I kind of wanted to like deviate from our stress management um, talk and just kind of like, I wanted to ask you, like, so you mentioned kind of that, that got super big and huge and blew up. And like, when you started that, what was, I can't imagine that you were like, about to, you know, like I'm, I'm going to blow this up. Like, what was your intention when you first started? I didn't really have any intentions. I don't know. <laughs> it was a pet project. I mean, I wrote a blog post last week. Last That's week, what a few this days is. <laughs> yeah, well, but, but this is the thing, right? And look, I've had pet projects before that have gone absolutely nowhere. I've had loads of pet projects that have gone nowhere. Uh, and this one, I started with the same intention of going nowhere. It'll be like, oh, I'll do this. It'll be a bit of fun. And oh. it, it just sort of very <laughs> organically grew from there. And, and to be honest, one of the things that's really dawned on me, and I, this was what was in the blog post from a few days ago. So Have I Been Pwned went through 10 billion records. There's more than 10 billion records from Data Breach in there now. Right. And I referred multiple times to it being a pet project. And I think where, I don't want to say where I went wrong, but, but where I maybe started to sort of deviate from that, that ethos at some point, which put a lot of stress on me, is, is it was starting to get treated more like a business, like something that, that had to be a you know, a commercial kind of service or I don't want to say commercial, it's not the right word, but some sort of professional grade standard right, thing. Right. And so look, I just, I'm running it for fun. And I know that people have got a lot of dependencies on it now, but I've also been running it for fun for where are we, nearly seven years now. And that's the way I want to keep running it. It's meant to be a pet right. project that I enjoy doing, not something that becomes a burden. If it becomes a right. burden, I'll just hand the whole thing over to someone else and I'll, I'll go surfing. <laughs> you know, like I don't right. have any issues doing that. Yeah. Um, so I, I think sort of going back to those, those roots is, is what I'm focusing on at the moment. Nice. I think, I think it's pretty, um, I think it's pretty revolutionary honestly, like when you think about what you did and and where, what it has become, um, people who aren't tech use it. People who are tech use it. Like, I think it's really kind of spanned a lot of different people that are, that are users of, of your website. And I think it's, we, in fact, um, I worked for a defense contractor in Florida, um, my first InfoSec job, and um, I was a stock analyst. And our and our we did a 
security day with the rest of the, the um, company. And it was all different types of security. It wasn't just information, it was physical and, and whatnot. And um, we, my, my boss had created a Python script that um, just kind of, and it, it was GUI based for the employees. And it, um, it reached out to Have I Been Pwned for people to be able to put in um, mm. theoretical passwords um, to see <laughs> how strong they were and, you know, had it ever been in a breach and that kind of stuff, which was like super yeah. cool. And then of course, I mean, just, yeah, like that's such a cool um, concept that you came up with. I think that it's, it's amazing. Well, you know, to be clear too, that like there were other data breach services before Have I Been Pwned. I didn't know there were because I never looked for them. And I don't really care that there were because I just went, oh, I want to build something. Right. And the fact that there might have been other things out there didn't matter. And there's it's sort of often been this question of, okay, well, why did Have I Been Pwned get so popular and it's where it is and no one's ever heard of any of the other ones. And I think a large part of it is, is that because it's just been a pet project first, I've always just done what I have thought is in the best interest of the project and the best interest of the community. Right. I've never had to go out there and make money out of it. I've never had to go out there and uh, optimize revenue streams to increase ROI or any other sort of bullshit I had to go through with all of this M&A stuff, which just right. totally deviated from the core of what this thing is. Uh, and it's just, it's been able to run as a pet project. And because of that, I've been able to run it with transparency. So I talk about everything I do and everything it does, which is great. And because of that, that's got a lot of support from the likes of law enforcement and governments and that sort of thing, yeah. uh, which is implicit endorsement, which then gets other people using it more. Yeah. And the whole thing's just sort of snowballed. Uh, and it's, it's not that I had a massive platform to begin with either on, on social, like that's grown over time but then they've kind of fed onto each other. And then I've used that to go back in the day when I used to go and do talks as well. That's, you know, been more exposure for the, for the project. And, and it's, it's just all been purely organic and honestly, I've got no idea what I'm even going to do today. Someone sent me some data. I'll have a look at it. Maybe it'll go in. Yeah. Like that's, that's honestly the level of, of I love it. thought that I put into this in terms of like planning in advance. I, you know, I think, I think that's important when you have projects. I mean, this this podcast is to, is totally that, right? Like it's just a little project. And um, I reached out to a, a malware researcher in Germany the other day because I liked his I like his blog, and um, he was like, "Oh yeah, I've heard of you." And that to me, I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like <laughs> who the hell am I?" And, but I think it's fun. Like when you can just have something that you really just kind of enjoy and, and I don't, mm. I don't put a ton of thought into this for a reason. Like I want it to be organic and us to like my, my favorite times is when I'm hanging out with people, whether I'm getting to know somebody new or hanging out with people that I've already known and we're chatting about things that we're passionate about. And that's kind of what I wanted to make this into. And I, you know, I don't do sponsorships or anything like that. Like it's just us, right? We pay for our own whiskey, you know, and, and it's fun. And I think that's, I think it's important when you have those projects to just be able to enjoy, you know, what mm. you have. So that's super cool. Well, I'm kind of bummed though, that, you know, like all of the, um, the travel is kind of shut down for who knows how long because, we don't get to like, I, I would love to be able to have done this, like sitting in a pub somewhere at a, you know, <laughs> at a, at a conference that we got to, to hang out at, but this is still, you know, it's, it's the new norm for now, at least, you know, being able to zoom with people and um, kind of circling back. I think that's important for people to remember. I didn't, 
FaceTime or Zoom with people nearly as much as I have since COVID started. And part of that is because I'm in an area where I don't have any family. And so um, being able to have this type of medium has been really important. And I think that people should remember that too. Like if you're feeling like you're isolated, um, you need to reach out. And even if it's just through this, right? Like um, it's safe and you can, I I actually started on Twitter, I started um, something called Virtual Hacker Happy Hour. And um, it was just for us to, you know, people to get together and Zoom and, and feel mm. like they were connected with other people in the community. And, and I kind of thought, like, why haven't we done this before? Because people, you know, when, depending on where you are, you're lucky, right? Like, you have people around you and you don't have to worry about, like, as, you know, everybody's pretty, pretty healthy in your area. Um, but some people don't have that or just don't know their neighbors and they're still, you know, secluded. So I think Mm. it's important that people figure out ways to around that. But so we're, we're, we're closing in an hour. I'm so like, I've had such a good time chatting with you. I could ask you like a zillion more questions, but I'm so thankful that you like chose to, to come and, and chat with me for an hour. Yeah, thanks, Ishi. Look, it was, it was a good excuse to drink whiskey at nine thirty in the morning. Hey, and I'm always I'm always here to be that bad influence. <laughs> Give you a reason to, to drink early in the morning. Like seriously, though, nice. this I'm, I totally had a fangirl moment when you agreed because, like I said, you were the first um, kind of like like. I don't know, educator, like the very, like when I, when I got a, when I got a plural site um, account with the first company and I realized like, there's a huge knowledge gap from what I knew to what I needed to know. And, um, and I just got on plural site and I actually, I watched so much plural site that like, I think it was maybe a month a month in, it was time for quarterly reviews, but I'd only been there for a month. And they were like, yeah, we don't really have anything to ask you. But they did mention that like, it was like, I think we were, we were a few months into the, um, into the year and I had watched more plural site videos, more, I had, lo- I had clocked more hours on plural site than anyone else in the sock in like, nice. like the month that I had been there and everybody else, I, I was like, way above them for the year so it was just super cool because like i remember your videos and um i learned a lot you were super interesting um the the accent is always helpful because i I could listen to you read the phone book but um i have an accent (laughs) i didn't think i had an accent hang on this is news to me (laughs) wait hold on (laughs) but i thought it was you yeah yeah it's totally me (laughs) it's the florida accent but yeah so i'm super excited that we got to do this Cool. So, hey, thanks very much, Sarah. It was it was fun. Thank you so much. Thanks everybody who listened, and um, I'll put up our 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 whiskeys so that if you want to, you can drink along with us. And um, all right, so everybody have a great day. <laughs>